0: hey everybody alex gray here starting episode one of a podcast with greg browning to my right we're at his house in torrance california i want to explain to you why i'm even doing this inside of here (laughs) is a bone that was in the back of my knee and i haven't surfed in 30 days and a week into it i got to stationary bike and one of my favorite things is to reminisce on 90s surf videos well, it just so happens down the street of me, and the reason I ever became a professional surfer is Greg Browning. So we're starting with him, and it's we're gross. gonna. No, you gotta open it and show them.
1: Open it, show them.
0: That's, yeah. I can smell it. So that's a urine <clears throat> container. That I. What does it smell like? Nothing.
1: It smells like like fish or like salmon. Yeah, it's gross.
0: there was it, now there's dried skin in here. Pull it out. Yeah, I'm not gonna touch it. You can touch it.
1: Okay, this little bone
0: right here is called a fabella. This little thing. Fabella. That's probably out of focus. That was lodged in the, my, the back of my knee, and every time I squat, it hurt. From what? 20% of humans have it, and I'm one of them. And for some reason, at 33 years old, it decided to give me grief. And for a year, I did physical therapy three times a week. do put it on couch.
1: let put it back inside here.
0: You don't want it there? I don't want it there. Oh, so Greg doesn't want it on his couch. It's. I'm going to make a necklace out of it. Well, that's fine, but that still will be off my couch. Gross. So that's how this whole idea came about. Now, we're going to take you through Greg's surf life with VHS Films, because that's what I grew up with. And let's start it off with the one simply labeled Browning. Do we know who filmed this?
1: Uh, This is all filmed from... Uh, old old friend of ours, this guy Howard Eddie who you know was like the Hermosa iconic filmer back in the day.
0: Tracking helmet.
1: Oh just in case. Just in case you guys didn't I don't know if people know what tracking is. Well
0: back in the 90s, the VHS I'm not even sure what tracking is, but uh, the video shows up a little bit weird sometimes and you gotta hit the tracking button. This is looking pretty good. I think our tracking helmets did its job. we're good i made some hats out of tinfoil to summon the tracking gods we'll put it on every time the video starts greg talk us through our first video how old are you and the first thing i notice
1: is how bright your wetsuit is so (laughs) this is from i think i was about 16 16 maybe turning 17 right around there Uh, NSSA national team days uh, this was a body glove suit when you could go into body glove and Lonnie would custom make your suit. You can pick out any color. It would be done in about two weeks. And so you chose as bright as yellow and orange get. Well, one of my best friends at this time I, was Mike Balzer, photographer, and it was easier for him to spot me if I had a bright wetsuit rather than just a black wetsuit. And it looked better in the photos. So, I don't know, I spent so much time hanging out with Mike and we'd go through stuff and... It was just one of those things, I guess. This is right when I started surfing for Channel Islands, which was because of the Molloy brothers. They set me up, and uh, I think for my surfing was the best thing that happened to me. Uh, I, I noticed that you also put color on that board. I did. Every board that I made with color didn't work as well, I thought. So, or it would hit me. Like, like there was just a clip of me with... Uh, Oh, this is oceanside pier. There's a clip of me with uh, cuts on my ankles. That was from my fins. So every board I got with color would just <laughs> cut me, either head stitches, knee stitches. Bad, bad juju. Bad juju. The yeah, this thing is that a Bud Tour. W- what
0: what immediately sticks out to me with you is style, and especially on cutbacks, I go. Greg had to have watched Tom Curran.
1: Well, I think growing up, you know, I I have an older brother who's two and a half years older than me that got me into surfing, and his favorite was Tom Curran. Um, to me, my favorite guy was whoever my brother said that I surfed like. So like he'd be like, hey, you're surfing like Mark Richards. And I'd be like, Mark Richards is my favorite surfer. And I wasn't surfing like Mark Richards. My brother was just trying to motivate me to keep surfing with him. And uh, yeah. At one point, he said I surfed like Mike Lambrisi, and then it was just all over. Like, every event I could go, because Mike was on the PSWA tour, which was here, so we would go every stop to go watch Mike Lambrisi surf, and <laughs> it was awesome. He was one of the greatest guys when you actually got to meet him. Yeah, I remember him as awesome. being a
0: commentator, and I recently saw him as a surfer, and he ripped.
1: He's still so good. He's actually just kind of flaring up on Instagram right now, and I think his wife is... Uh, become his photographer, video partner, and he uh, He had a cool style. Uh, he used to wear Breaker Out wetsuits, which then I had to wear Breaker Out wetsuits because you want to do what your favorite surfer does all the time. <laughs> because you surf like Mike Lambreezy. Because my brother said I surf like Mike Lambreezy.
0: Okay, there's a slow-mo video clip here that we're watching, and for me this is like a definitive moment for Greg because I think it's a turn that you're the only person in the world that I've seen do. It's this quick kind of layback under the lip and where we grew up in the South Bay, it's really fast, closed out waves. And is that why you developed that turn?
1: No, really was, you know, I was always really skinny. And doing those like big rail carves was always the most difficult thing. So it was easier to kind of be skatier and stuff. And it is, we live in the one turn wonder world. so you just grow up looking for one turn. So I don't know, I think, I think it just kind of happened. And I made one one day and I don't know, it's probably my brother again that said I did it like somebody else. And so I thought it was cool. So he just kept <laughs> doing it.
0: How long is your board here? Because that's what's changed so much to current day. I mean, this looks like a six foot board.
1: Yeah, I, I rode 5.11, 6.0s for most of my career, six ones even, um, as I got a little heavier. Um, wow, it's crazy watching all of this Where stuff. are we now? I gotta see what let's see what this is. Same board, right? Same looks board. looks like kind. same board.
0: It looks like a sandbar. A really fun double up sandbar. Would you travel as a teenager, did you get time off of school to be able to do NSSAs? How did you- No,
1: the the cool thing about NSSAs was they were all, you know, they were all pretty much driving distance for the weekend. So I grew up with these two twin brothers, the Brewers, Keith and Derek, and I did contests from, we did our first contest together, WSA at Malibu, where we surfed against Corey Pierce, who absolutely annihilated everybody because he just surfed better than anybody else at that time. Uh, Strider Wazalewski was doing those contests back then. Yes, it was classic. But uh, I grew up with them, and they would drive everywhere. Their dad would take us in his Astrovan, and uh, and then when we they got the, their cars first, and then we would just go. When I got my car, was when I was really hanging <gasps> out with Ryan Simmons a lot. Hang you know, on, sorry, we gotta rewind flexible. this. <laughs> that time. Dude, that was so crazy. See, it's it's really slidey. Like I think. Our generation Aww. got uh, got crap from the, like the generation before because they were they were such great amazing rail surfers and I think as you develop as a surfer you learn to use your rails you learn to use your fins more and and different parts of the wave and and at that time we were you know just sliding everywhere.
0: All right, we had a intermission oh, a, of the video and then a massive change in
1: location. This is Ventura. And you're wearing a contest jersey. Yeah, this is a contest at the old uh, jetty at the River Mouth, which is still there, but I think, but they took out, or they added a jetty to it. And uh, I was staying with the Moys. I always stayed at their house, uh, their parents' house. Um, it was like the coolest surf house you could stay at. They had a boat out front. Their mom and dad were just the coolest people in the world. That hurt. Were you competitive? I was hyper competitive growing up Um, and then I think what happened was I just you start to kind of lose friends as you compete and I never really I just stopped liking that feeling so I stopped and I love to travel and I love to surf so I just kinda tried to find that out this is all small Santa Clara well but what age did you stop competing at? I think I was about like 20, 21, 22, I kind of started getting over it. Okay. Um, I think I realized at the time that I was never gonna be Kelly or Rob or Shane or Ross, and, but I could still travel with them and develop my surfing and surf good waves and have fun. And that was kind of what I was more into. So as this
0: goes along, we're going to get into that chapter of your that life. That was
1: Donnie, Donnie Solomon.
0: Really? Don- Donnie, Donnie was Didn't our Didn't I Tom do the Curran. Donnie
1: Solomon Memorial? For sure. Donnie, was, Donnie took Keith and I everywhere. He surfed like current to us. He was our surf guru. Um, if Donnie thought it was cool, it was the coolest thing ever.
0: I remember it was one of the first contests I, I ever did was the, was the Donnie...
1: How did he pass Donnie away? Donnie Solomon. Uh, he died out at Waimea one year. He he just oh that's, that's him. <laughs> so rad. I
0: there's a photo of the wave that he died on, or is the wave prior at Waimea? I've seen it. It's at Islands.
1: Oh, that's Hermosa.
0: Okay, we just watched Greg jump off the top of a wave that looks like a closeout, so it must be home.
1: <laughs> it's home. Wow, well, this is I think Ventura again. It's cool because. When we, you know, the guys I grew up surfing with, we'd take turns filming each other. When I went to the Molloy's, we would take turns filming each other. And it was just a time where video cameras were more attainable to families, so you were getting a chance to, like, go out and film each other. Was it handheld or with a tripod? No, it's a tripod. (laughs) (laughs) It just wasn't a fluid head tripod, you know? Did you have like a plan
0: of, okay, everyone gets to ride three waves and then you come in and switch? Oh, you would
1: call it. It was a full thing. Like filming first or not filming first, filming third. and It's like shotgun in a car. Like you almost wanted to film first just so like you could get it out of the way and then surf for three hours. Um, It sucked to film second. You made a huge deal to not film second.
0: I've tried to do that and I've always the guy that never actually went in. I just kept surfing. I yeah, that, I was that guy. So friendship levels
1: probably pretty low.
0: Okay, we just got through video number one, which okay. was the home video. We're gonna take a break for our um, uh, podcast sponsor, Mountain Dew. Is that cool with you? <laughs> Nolte. It's my favorite. Thank you. Oh, nice. Oh, ever since fans. I've known Mr. Browning, there's been some odd connection with Mountain Dew, and I haven't had one of these in I don't know what, fifteen years it's the yellow five
1: I think that makes it so incredible oh,
0: it's just as bad as I remember it yeah
1: Greg's about halfway through yeah this is my beer now I don't Dew. really like beer and alcohol so I think this is just my beer I never liked coffee like last year the last couple years probably like when I started drinking coffee to try to not drink Mountain Dew you went to coffee to get <laughs> off Mountain Dew. Yeah, and there's no comparison of greatness, in my opinion. Mountain Dew always is. You went the from best. chewing
0: tobacco to to cigarettes, and then back to chewing.
1: Anyways, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think that's like that. Not like that. I got into Mountain Dew because it's awesome and it keeps you awake. And I edit <laughs> all night long. And when you have kids and work, and you just extra helps. Okay, next
0: video is Xvi. And I know the significance of these Roman numerals to you, but you're going to need to take our fans through it because it is where you're surfing. And I think everything transitions after this video from being hometown hero to Greg moving into a world-renowned surfer. So and this... what I want to show you here is your montage of you and your friends. Okay,
1: so this, you know, growing up in Hermosa Beach, the, the best surfer surfed 16th Street in Hermosa. Um, from Mike Purvis, Terry Stevens, uh, the Ty Sukers, the Nick Browns. it's just it's just where they were. I mean it goes back to Doc Ball at the beginning of like kind of more of our surf heritage. Um, and for me like, like I was saying is there was this guy this older guy who was retired that would come and film Howard and he'd be down there every day and I kinda got invited to go one day with the Brewers and Matt Walls to go film with Howard at 16th Street and I grew up at Hermosa Pier on the south side. And so you just kind of stayed in your zone. So like the pier south was where we hung out. And then in the morning, I finally got in by, I think I was like 14. And Nolte, open it up, let Spike out. Greg's got a little chihuahua named Spike that we think is about 32
0: years old at Go oh, the other car. one.
1: Yeah, he's 15. You just leave it open, he'll go out. He's, he's eating through the door. Okay,
0: we're in a car. We're looking out the front. Window, and we get our first view of Hermosa 16th Street. Did you film this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Was so, that your first car? That was the <clears throat> turtle. It was a Chevy Chevette that I got from my grandma, and it went up, downhill 70, <laughs> uphill about 27. So you weren't going up any steep. No, miles. and this is all, this is right when. I stopped surfing for Channel Islands. This, I just graduated high school. So we could say 18? This is 18. This is the winter, like eight going, you know, my 18 years old, 92. And all the guys that we grew up surfing with, uh, Matt Walls, Chance Barber, Dave Brock. Dave was amazing. He's a policeman now. The Brewers. Um, Howard would film it, and then... I would go to his house and cut it together so we'd use two VCRs and that's how we learned how to edit. Um, so that I, was your first editing started at 18
0: watching this footage of yourself and making these home videos.
1: It was at like 15. We'd go over to his house and then it, that, that first year from 14 to 15 a meeting him was really kind of I was, was nervous little kid and then at 15 we were going over there enough and he would be like hey if you guys want to cut stuff together and I was just on. I would spend so much time in that house just, you know. He was a ham radio guy, so he'd be in the back room doing that. I'd be in the front with the brewers, and we'd be cutting sections together. And Did watching all that footage and you editing it help your surfing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the best tools that anybody can have in any sport is to watch yourself, and let alone feed your ego that you have. I mean, it was our social media at the time. You just didn't really share it with as many people. You just kept staring at it yourself, you know, or you're like, I'm ripping and Ty Suker, who was, you know, one of the first guys around our area doing airs, came over and watched the footage with us one day and he's like, why do you guys only watch you guys doing good turns? Like, you got to watch how you messed up and why you messed up. And it was really at that point in that conversation where it was like, hey, this video isn't just to stroke my ego. It's really to get better and improve and ever since then it was like it was on it was just like put in the time and you know when you had the vcr you had the footage there was no time you couldn't watch it you know what i mean even though we had to watch it on a tape and not a phone you were just you were just in it all the time and like we're watching right now there's no pausing the slow-mo. Dude. No, if you pause a VHS tape, it puts a glitch mark on it and like a burn. And then you can't ever pause it in that same spot again. It's like you ruin it. And if it stays there for like a minute, it's ruined for life. Like almost breaks the tape in half. So like it's, it was pretty, it
0: was pretty funny.
1: Well, the so crazy I, thing I, about your
0: tapes is they're all in really good condition. And I was also surprised that you have these. You have most of your
1: video sections that tell your professional life story? So I think between, well, I moved a lot. My parents sold our house um, when I was just turned 19. So I graduated. The plan was try to become a professional surfer, try to go do the contest, try to make it. And so it wasn't a college plan. It was, that was it. And were right your, when you,
0: were your parents okay with that?
1: Yeah, they, they were supportive to a point I mean it's not like we had a bunch of money to say hey Greg go live your dream it was like hey it's okay not to go to school but you got to figure this out and there was a point when you know I was just taking advantage I guess of the free time when you're not going to school and you could go out late at night and you know you could just kind of I don't know not focus as much it was easier not to focus and then my mom was like we sold the house we sold your car you got to move out you got to get a car you got to figure it out." And you know, and by the way, you've been screwing off, so like, I don't know what you're doing with this surfing career, you know, and I was like, holy crap, this is the biggest eye opener in the world. So it was like, okay, what am I going to do? And at that time, I had, I switched from Channel Islands to spider surfboards and made a really good friendship with Dennis Jarvis at the time where he was building amazing boards. He really wanted to push board design. Um, Dennis was an incredible surfer. He is... He's kind of just he's a genius in a lot of ways. He's extremely artistic. He he's very motivated, very passionate person. Um, and I was in. I was at the time like, "God, I got a guy, you know, that's it's right in the same town." He's like, "Move in with me. We'll build this brand together." And it was like it was the biggest kind of push in the back support like when you're watching all of your friends you've competed against with get basically like a scholarship you know like a college scholarship like bill bongos we're gonna give you money to do the tour that's a scholarship did he surfing. start paying you um, he did so but he paid me through working at the shop so this is the next video that we're gonna watch is spider yeah lit 15 who made it so I made it uh, Dennis had partnered up with this surf shop in Japan Mirasaki who were it's a family-owned surf shop but they had like 35 stores at that time and were run by the family amazing people but they really got behind Dennis they were the reason that Dennis was able to sell enough boards to get Tom Curran involved through darekind um, have money for us to build like a brand and like go after guys like Benji and Ross and Conan and so 15 was, they bought me a camera, a Canon XL1 at the time, like Taylor was using, and went to Hawaii for the winter, and there's like a two-week trip that we did, and I just, we took turns filming, Benji and Conan and I, and uh, Ross, and then Taylor gave us some footage, and we went to Japan to surf a wave pool. and That's, we're going to watch that. My brother did all the music, because he was going to college for uh, audio, so he just, Wrote the music, went over there, the two of us put it on. I mean, this is, again, I actually edited this at the Weatherly's house in San Diego when they were doing STV.
0: This is the creepiest beginning to a movie. This is ever. Poltergeist. <laughs> and that's what you did as the beginning. I don't a know. Movie. You know,
1: when you edit, you do things late at night. The best stuff comes late at night. And we just were late at night. This oh. is a trip we went down to Mexico and scored waves, and we brought this guy down, Mike Dietry, and Dietry is just getting into filmmaking, but he hadn't shot much surf, and there was like five of us, and at a point break, you can't film five guys. Who, did you, waves. who did you invite? Well, it was just, we did it together, so it was Benji, me, Conan, Sean Hayes, uh, Travis Molina. It was kind of like the spider team at the time. Did you bring them onto the team through your now relationships of knowing these guys? Yeah, so like I, you know, Travis Molina was the best surfer in San Diego, just, I mean, he was another like Tom Curran lookalike. Conan was one of my best friends um, since we were about 13, 14. We met at the U.S. Championships one year. Uh, met Benji when I was 15. I got to rewind this. Yeah. I, I'm re- I've,
0: this is the second rewind we've done. I don't know if this is you or Benji, but Benji. It, it's the beginning of your guys' one-footed layback snaps that no one does anymore, and I
1: don't know what started this for you guys. Benji rips. Like, whatever you hear about Benji as being the kind of conduit of friendships, he was because he's funny, but he surfs incredible. His natural surfing ability is what draws you in at the start. It's like, dude, this guy makes everything look so easy. It's Dave Post. Yeah, and Dave Rips. Now, do you have a Billabong sticker on your board here? Yeah, yeah, I was riding for Billabong because So, Paul you've, Gomez you've gone Bonker from Body Glove to Quicksilver to Billabong? So, at the time, like, Body Glove just made wetsuits. Quicksilver yeah. didn't make wetsuits. Billabong didn't make wetsuits. Uh, it was like Rip Curl Body Glove O'Neill made wetsuits. None of them made clothes. So, you would ride for a wetsuit company and a clothing company. And then we were like a transition. So, like, I rode for Billabong and Body Glove that's crazy
0: because now you see everybody has you know Kelly for the longest time only had a Quicksilver on his board
1: yeah Kelly was the beginning and it's funny because Kelly had one sponsor you're like wow his board looks so clean and cool but meanwhile like Rob's got like 20 sponsors so and and he still has them today yeah you know like I don't know what worked out better I would imagine their bank would be able to tell that but like I don't know like different different approach of, of doing things you know For me,
0: this video symbolizes you really moving into the beginning of
1: your professional surf career.
0: Like really getting out of the South Bay and hanging out with what is the beginning of the momentum generation.
1: It was at 19 pretty much, so you know, none of us looked at we were any type of generation at all. You were just like... Who who coined that? The magazines? you know, there was, there was an old school, new, new school, the, big, the big majority of it was guys like uh, Kelly, Shane Beshin, uh, Shane Powell, Shane Herring. You know, there was just a movement coming under like the Martin Potters and, you know, Sonny Garcia was like this anomaly in the middle, right? He was kind of in his own own era really, younger than the Potters, but a little bit older than the Slaters, right? Um, but Cindy's not that old you know like when you look at Kelly he's not much older than Kelly how old are you? I am 45 now how old's Kelly? I think Kelly's 48
0: so is everybody within
1: five years of each other? so pretty much like two or three I think I think Taylor Knox is the oldest of of our group of friends um Kalani and Timmy Kern were the youngest and Dan Malloy um so they they called themselves the preschool with Cody Steele Taylor's brother and, and uh you know, but he, as as the, the time goes on, everything becomes, like, more bunched up. So there wasn't preschool. It's just, like, now it's the momentum generation. It was the new school, you know? But no, none of us looked at it like that. We were just trying to watch ourselves surf on video and trying to get better and trying to go to more places to surf. So for me, it was that kick in the butt from Mom saying, like, hey, you know, world's changing for you. Like, you got to figure it out. And me kind of, like... Okay, how? What am I gonna attach to? What am I gonna what goals? Am I gonna set up? And and you know, it's it's so important, I think, to establish some goals because the minute you finish high school, it's like you know, unless your parents have been plugging away like college, college, college. Like as a kid, if you're like, I'm gonna finish high school and go become a pro surfer, so it's like that you you just go in this little fish to this giant pond, and and it's there's just so many ways to go and so many ways to get lost, like. So to set those little goals, this is what I always told you, like, you'd call and be like, okay, I did this, what do I do next? And I'd be like, well, maybe you, maybe you could try to do this and, you know, and all of a sudden you'd do it and it was like, wait, okay, so, but you had goals and that was kind of, I always thought it was important. I tried to do that with my kids. Is like, set a goal, keep it, keep it simple, you know, like something that's attainable yet something a little further out that maybe isn't so. So it's a more of a five year than a one year and, and, uh. God, I, you know, we were always like, if you hadn't gotten paid to surf by 21, 22, you might as well hang it up, do construction, and that's it.
0: They weren't paying people until that age, because right mm-hmm. now they're paying kids at 10 years old.
1: There was a couple guys that were getting money early, and but it wasn't much money, and there wasn't a lot to go around, right? There's only enough for, like, Kelly Robb, you know, like, you know, it's like a 20 spot, you know, of guys, where as opposed to, like... You know like really there's 60 that could be it you know and you know you fall down and like maybe you were 61 like do i get any money and like i remember the dunan brothers i think it's dunan brothers got we all rode for quicksilver and they were the ones that kind of got picked by quicksilver to get a little bit of money to try to help out right when we all kind of graduated nssa more or less And, and uh you know billabong had helped keith out and uh I was kind of an anomaly, I think, because I lived in the South Bay. I had such a close tie to Body Glove because of growing up here mm-hmm. and Mike Balls are working there that I never wanted to give that up. And, uh, you know, at one point I, I kind of went with Body Glove instead of Billabong, thinking that that was the right thing to do. And that was when I lined up with Quicksilver. So it was Quicksilver Body Glove. But I wasn't making much money, you know. The most money I made was a year when I got a cover because I got photo incentive and went on, I think it was Focus was the the year after Focus was the most money I made. So Good Times was the most money I made. And I bet, at best, I probably made close to 50 grand. My peak year was 50 grand. At what age? Mm, Probably 21.
0: So right now, in the middle of this fifteen video, we're in a wave pool in Japan and I know there was an era where Japan was a huge industry to make money outside of the US.
1: Oh Japan was huge. In the nineties, Japan was giant. We were going over there four or five times a year. Uh, sometimes would be for contests, most of the time would be for promos. Uh, you do with the shop, you know, this was This was a wave pool in Kawasaki that we went to. And it was really fun. Was this the first wave pool? No. They had, I think, three of them in Japan. And, you know, there was wild rivers here in the U.S. And and Japan was really the place where they just did wave pools better. When Um, you
0: watch this, did you ever conceive the Wave Ranch or Waco? Because this is just a mushy it's what we all knew as kids like oh way pool
1: yeah chamber hit the wall bounce up you catch at and you know this day it was like we surfed in the day and it's hot and then they you know but in a dome and then they're they're like okay now we're gonna do it at night and then just made it black and put spotlights on you and it was impossible i thought this was hilarious for some reason benji's at
0: disneyland and were you there for this
1: hey I, i filmed this Okay, now we're
0: moving into Greg's own section, and I really want you to tell the story of sleeping in Benji's driveway, because you're opening waves here are what looks like back door in Hawaii. Yeah, y. this is actually ain'ts. <laughs> Getting blown up. Well, it's the
1: only place that a, a, a guy like me could catch waves. Sure. So, out of our whole crew of guys, I'm probably the biggest pussy of all of them. I actually, there's no question. Those guys all are next level. Um, Would they try to drag you out to the big stuff, or you just... I think at the first 16 we surfed, it was me, Troy, Eckert, and Ryan. We went over to Hawaii. The first day was small Waimea, like barely breaking. I bet Benji and those guys would say it's like small pinballs. Uh But I said it was Waimea in my mind's eye. I did not catch a wave. I did not want to paddle in. I did not want to paddle out anymore. I sat so far away. I was so terrified. I thought the world was ending. Uh, I got made fun of. I probably still would get made fun of if I brought that up. Uh, Kelly no was way. really they, good at making they, fun they of me laid about into that. You for it? Everybody. Because you grew, up, you grew up here, dude. Like, I don't do it. I don't know. You're like a fucking anomaly, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, there's guys that charge around here, but like, you just don't get that many things and. What I don't like to surf those waves. like I love hollow waves that break on shallow reefs. no problem, but when it gets into that like over eight feet range, and it's like, okay, it's just another level. There's, there's more stuff involved. There's, there's just more, and, and you can gradually get, you know used to it after a time, but like I never was. I never was that into it. I think some of the bigger waves I've surfed have been later on in my life. I've been out bigger days filming as a filmer Um, you know a couple seasons ago filming Jamie for his Red Bull thing like you're swimming out on days where I didn't want to be out there you know even as a filmer you know sitting in the side I'm like it's just there's people that feel a connection and a comfort in the ocean beyond what others do and I never I love the ocean I love being in the ocean I love what it's given me I will what it gives my kids but I have a major fear still of certain conditions and i'm willing to push myself more if it means providing for my family as a filmer yeah. than i was ever as a surfer because it was all on me and it was like yeah don't need it you know and then I, now it's like fuck i guess i'll take the camera and i'll swim out because i get paid today and then i could pay my bills for for the family and we get to eat and have a house and you know whatever it is but like that's how I look at it. I mean, there was a day this winter. God, we had like six solid days here, and you know, the way I said it is, I surfed every day, and I and I had fun. But you know, my vagina was fluttering more <laughs> this year than any other year. You know, and I don't know why. It's just if you don't put a lot of time in think it. Thank Mountain Dew, our sponsor, yeah, for that comment. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, right? <laughs> Sometimes you know, you get out there, and it's like. It's just not right. Like, I don't get as much exercise. I don't get that much opportunity to surf. Like, I surfed six days this winter. They were all, you know, 15 foot face or bigger. I, I probably surfed 12 other days that weren't those days. That's it all winter. So, like, 20, 18, 20 days is the extent of my surfing, you know? So, like, I don't know. I was maybe wasn't as in shape, you know, maybe a little too much Mountain Dew. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't I think it's hard though, you know, and I think you're hard on yourself on the big wave thing cuz I think of your generation and it's such a platform for my generation. You're from the Shane Dorian era. So when you say they were all making fun of me and people are like, "Oh, Shane Dorian was making fun of you." Kelly like, "These guys are not your normal like okay. where you're coming from." Most people would be like, "I'm not even paddling out." So. But your generation was so it broke every boundary it seemed like it was important to be good in big waves and small waves and like todd chesser seemed to be a huge influence in that
1: yeah it's funny like the first time i met todd chesser was we were at a a party that i i was with ryan simmons and jack johnson and pete johnson and Everybody was, you know, drinking. I was 15. I was sitting there. Chester was, you know, on the Bud Tour. He was, like, one of the best guys. And I'm just like, holy shit, that's Todd Chesser. You know, that's a little 15-year-old kid. And he just looks over at me and, like, wants to fight me because I guess I'm staring at him. I don't know I'm staring <laughs> at him. I'm this little kid. And, you know, Pete Johnson happened. gets in the middle. And, you know, like, then the next day he comes over to Jack's and they're playing croquet. And then we were friends. And we were good friends. And, like... It wasn't like I didn't look up I looked up to Todd because he was an incredible surfer but like there's times to be around Todd and there's times not to be so like generally when the waves are bombing like probably don't want to be around Todd you know so you kind of steer a little a little to the side of those guys and those guys were just on a different path like what they were trying to doing and and where I was going that's probably why the competitiveness went away because i kind of saw hey this is something that they're trying to go after that isn't on my radar and i love to get barreled like it's the best thing in surfing hands down but to chase that at mavericks or to chase that at you know some of those other spots is like it's just not it's not in my it's not in my makeup you know which is fine that's the best part of surfing
0: is it's whatever angle you want it to be what makes you happy it was funny when you were talking about Todd Chesser his name started poking out of your sleeve of your shirt yeah and yeah you, and you have his tattoo and I remember as a kid going who was Todd Chesser and that's how I learned because the
1: tattoo on your arm yeah so I think I think uh, you know we were, we were all great friends that when, when Todd passed away it was just a real pinnacle time in like all of our like young adulthood. And to lose a friend anytime is is you know, really detrimental to who you are going to become, but there was so many of us it, it, like the group of friends is huge. I mean, whatever the momentum generation showed on that movie, it's so beyond that, you know. Even Taylor's movies, there's Friends that extend out that weren't necessarily in a part in Taylor's movies, but they were part of the journey, you know. And and like that's what Todd was. It was like a time when 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 he passed away that like everybody's like, hey, this look at how many friends we have. Like we can keep going together. It was kind of that's how I looked at it. Is like God, we're a strong group. This is so awesome. And uh, you know, like, when we were over at Ross's house and. I think it was one of Aquila's friends that did the tattoos. I think, I can't remember his fuzzy night. Uh, <laughs> but I like, I'm terrible. Like I like, you show me a needle, you show me a big wave. It's like oh, which so one's gonna your, scare me more? That's your first tattoo. This is the first tattoo. I think the 17. I have a 17 one here too. Oh yeah, we'll get to um, that. Um, they both hurt equally as bad. Uh, but there's a few of you guys who got the Chester. Okay, tattoos. this is my second tattoo. It is. This is my second one, yeah, there's a lot. There's quite a few of us, Uh, more than people know, like more than just the guys on there. And and some of our friends didn't get it, but it wasn't that you didn't get it because you didn't love Todd. You just didn't get it because that's what, you know, some people drink beer, some people drink Mountain Dew, Alex. (laughs) So like, what do you want?
0: I love it. All right, next up we have one of the all-time favorites, Focus. And right around here, let's see, what year are we going into? 1994, made by Taylor Steele. Yeah. Was this the beginning of you and Taylor's relationship?
1: So Taylor and I met when he was doing, I think it was the year he was filming the first Momentum. He he had just finished uh, One Step Beyond, I think it was. Okay. <laughs>
0: My favorite opening, and I think most everybody's too, Greg gets in a dryer. Is it Taylor or Taylor Knox? Who's the one That's pushing Taylor the Knox. button to turn it on? We did
1: most of these skits in one night.
0: Greg is crammed in jeans, a shirt,
1: and shoes. Where are you? This is in Encinitas. This is right on- In a public laundromat? This is, this is the laundromat in Encinitas on Highway 1, right? This is the best thing ever still. There was like, I think there was a couple people Who there. came up with the idea to get in the dryer? I did. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It wasn't no challenge. It was like, just did it. I love this. I it thought, was I, Joe, Benji, and right Taylor, and I thought I was going to throw up. I'm terrible with that. This is our first, like, this is 19 years old. Eight, this is just turning so. The parents sold the house. We're kind of on our way. Like, this is Get Your Shit Together. And when I met Taylor, you know, and he was doing Momentum, I wasn't in Momentum. I had One one Wave in Momentum 2. I don't have and... a volume thing. Huh? I,
0: oh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hey, well, but per that, what song is this? Because this is, again, I'm saying my favorite of everything. This is my favorite section of you. What song is that?
1: This is Strung Out, and uh, I actually got this from my friend uh, Dickie O'Reilly. We listened to punk rock music growing up. Like I was like all of it. So when I met Taylor, he was into punk rock music, so I gave him Pennywise, I gave him this, I gave him Boy, I gave him Youth Brigade, I gave him everything that like me and my friends were listening to.
0: Did you know Pennywise? Did you know Jim Lindbergh, the band? Or was it just because yes. you were associated at South Bay so you knew who Pennywise was?
1: Well, I knew I knew who Pennywise was. My brother grew up... You know, he's a little bit older, so he went to, to school with Byron, uh, the drummer, and... God, uh that was crazy. I'm rewinding that. Sorry. Met, I met all those guys once I gave Taylor... This is their first, like, it's their second album, but it was the first one. Dude, and... look
0: at your style. I'm sorry, I had to just point that out. Your whole generation seems so much more focused on style than the current generation. Like, you see everybody's parts, and the arms are so still. It just seemed like you guys were consciously
1: trying to have good style. Well, to me, like, you know, like, Kelly was already pretty much an anomaly, you know, when when I was, I I have a black and white with his, his, uh, you know, Kelly Slater black and white poster with his autograph. He doesn't know he signed it to me, but he signed it to me. (laughs) Um, I have an old Pure Juice poster of you, Kelly, and Ross, by the way. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, so, like, I looked up to those guys. I I looked up to what they were doing style-wise. There was an air of Kelly where his arms are perfect, his knee is down on the board, and it just looked awesome. So you're always trying to emulate that, you know. And and they were around more. And like Ross Williams, I, I still think to this day the best style in surfing is is potentially Ross. I mean, because he had he had the like the tail sides, but he had the power. Like I think it's in good times, like his hacks in there are just next level you know and Ross you don't look at Ross and go like okay I'm gonna see a powerful surfer you know He's, he just doesn't look that part necessarily but like the best style the the most power and so I always looked at what he was doing and that's when you kind of saw Benji and like Benji was like a little bit of Ross a little bit of of Kelly a little bit of Curran. you know he kind of strung together so many different styles and made it look so easy I just that's one of my favorite things about watching other people is is not necessarily the maneuver they're doing but the style that they do the maneuver with right like that flow that they have which is why i think that's such a big part of surfing is when they say you know speed power flow like
0: they always they leave out style
1: now but it's that's not in the judging criteria of the world that, tour that's kind of what flow is like you know i mean there's guys obviously that might do rail-to-rail surfing which flows and their arms are doing other things But then, to me, that's not what flow is, you know? It's like, yeah, his rail works great, but, like, you know, his his left arm is where his right arm's supposed to be, and his head's cut off, and, you know, (laughs) so... (laughs) I've stopped the video,
0: and I want you to please give us the story because this is a clip of you getting ridiculously barreled at back door. One of my favorite stories was your first winner sleeping in Benji's driveway in a car, and that was your first...
1: So it was our second year to Hawaii. The first year I went with Ryan Simmons, and we—he was friends with Jack Johnson. And the second year we we had already met Benji and those guys, but we tried to go for two weeks rather than one week. And Ryan and I, my, my grandpa lives on the south shore, so my grandpa rented a car for us. We were 16. We, which you know, two week winter break from school meant that you were going over Christmas and Christmas Eve, and we. Parked our car in Benji's driveway, which is now, what, one of the Volcom House driveways. Yep. And there was no downstairs. It was just one level. And they had so many people packed into that house. So there was no room. But there was more room in the car. So I slept in the front seat. It was like an old Buick or something. And Ryan slept in the back seat. And it was cr- Christmas morning. Barbara Barbara comes out, and she's like, which one of you is honking the horn? <laughs> and i guess i was laying on the horn sleeping i didn't know you know and and uh yeah she was she is pretty funny but yeah, it was it was sad. like but it to me it was like a a winter break vacation cuz i could only do 2 weeks out of school like those guys went for months you know like 2 months a whole winter like that's how you get better that's how you you know an 8-foot day in Hawaii, it becomes like a you know like a 12 foot day in California to you you know like you figure it out. But going in at two weeks, you're like, you just don't have the time and and there's so many other cool things going on that it just wasn't enough to dig in. And like I said, so that that bug of like trying to be you know any type of big wave Dave, it just it never hit me.
0: It's funny you say two weeks. All of my scents on the North Shore, I had to stay for three or four months because it took two weeks to even feel comfortable. I did not until fourteen days paddle out like with confidence.
1: Yeah, I do
0: something about jumping that water. Everything I was just so scared, and then two weeks ago, by I'm like, okay, I'm a little more comfortable now.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had the feeling of comfort surfing Hawaii ever.
0: And it makes ever. sense. Ever, and,
1: and, so and it... I, and I, I love the people some of my best friends some of my best memories of surfing are there but like i was always a little nervous i mean when we were growing up that that day that barrel at the end of focus is an insider like johnny boy was out that day like the big guys it actually surfed those waves incredible like if you've ever seen johnny boy or dane surf backdoor it is like game changing next level and it wasn't until like you know, Bruce, Andy, later that you're like seeing that again, but in, in like those guys were, you know, I was just doing stuff that you would never dream of doing. Like, Greg got, I surfed eight.
0: Well, it. as a California kid, I know during those times the lineups were not friendly. You know, those guys held the, the waves down, and I bet as a California kid, you'd have to sit inside and wide.
1: Yeah, and when you're not trying to be the guy, like, I was never trying to be the guy. Like, hey, we're all piling out back door. Like, shit. You know, like, that's where we're going today. Like, I don't want to go there. You know, Benji's house, it was like, you showed up, you hung out, and you're like, God damn, like, that's where we're going, you know? Like, it just was never my thing. I loved it. I had amazing sessions. I never felt, you know, I, I don't know right or wrong to say, but I never felt that, like, I was afraid of getting eaten by a mad guy. I was more afraid of getting eaten by a wave, mm-hmm. you know? So I sat on the inside because I didn't want to wave on the outside. You know, I, I did things for my own, like like hiding from waves, not hiding from people, you know? And then later on, like the guys that we grew up with were the guys at the peak of the lineup, you know? So then it's like, oh, you can go on this. Well, I don't want to go on this, you know? <laughs> I remember, I, I, I think I, I don't know if I, I We gave clips to Kalani Chapman uh, when I was filming for for Body Glove one year, or we gave him suits or something, he goes, Greg, any wave you want out at Pipe, you can have. And, you know, it's not saying it's his to give, but, like, that's how Hawaiians are. They, like, they want to share their waves with you. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, I don't want any fucking wave that you would give me Polani. <laughs> that pipe because you take off in the most fucked up waves I've ever seen. So like I don't want that. Thanks, bro. You know? Maybe we go get poopaye grill. I don't know. It just sounds better for me. Take a locomoco instead. I'll have a locomoco.
0: All right, next up for you guys we have good times. I think for me focusing good times were Gosh, the, my favorite ones. But what stands out with Good Time sitting next to Greg is your name is on this cover. Yeah. And that, for me, tells me that now you are in the game. right? Yeah. What, yeah. What, what changed to go from having a part to now being really one of the guys?
1: So Taylor, Taylor told me, you know, I, I was like, what do I need to do to get more waves? You know, thinking like as, you know, the, the surfer going like, Are you just not putting me in because you don't like me? You know, I surf as good as Kelly does in my mind's eye, but, (laughs) you know, hey, Greg, you don't surf as good as Kelly does, okay? (laughs) I know you you might think you do, but, like, you're slower. Uh, You're not as powerful. You got things to work on, and it was like, it's really Taylor, and Taylor's a good surfer, but Taylor just watches a lot of good surfing, too, so... I didn't feel like he was being a dick when he told me that. I actually was like... But he actually told you that? Yeah, full on. It was like, hey, Greg, this is why. And I was like, I was like okay, I need to surf faster. So when I, when I would go surfing, I started just simplifying the, the, the thought process. It wasn't, you know, go out, do an air, do this, look for that. It was like faster. Uh, the better way to do it was to stay low. So it was like faster, lower. If I could say over my fins, I could use more of my rail. Um, if I could work with the shaper a little bit more to, hey, here's what's going on, watching the videos that I was shooting with friends and going like, how can I I need to go from like, okay, Greg, to like, you know, there's a lot of middle room from Greg to Cali. <laughs> Maybe a lot of room. So it was like, how can I get closer? And and, you know, I had Mike Balzer. Uh I, I was around all these guys I had Howard to watch videos so it was just a matter of how do you start putting the pieces together yourself I didn't have money to buy a coach you know or to pay a coach or I didn't have money for anything so I just had enough to barely squeak through so focus I'd done gotten to do one trip out of California with Taylor to France and that Let's was it. that was the time and I think those couple waves and You know, Taylor put me, he didn't put me at the start of the movie in focus because I was the best. He put me because I only had, like, two clips. (laughs) So Good Times was a a chance, you know? God, was one of my favorites. So we're watching Greg right now. This is in Japan. This is in Japan. I was with Chris Malloy. We had just done a focus tour in Japan. The two of us went with, like, Strung Out and RKL is heavy.
0: This is France? No, this
1: is South Africa. I've always wondered where this was. So this is a wave. So meanwhile, this whole time, the Gunston 500's going on. Ah. And it's sloppy, one to two foot Gunston. Is I don't out, know. Bro?
0: Here's the guy that says he doesn't charge, and this is still one of my favorite backdoor clips out of all the movies.
1: But look at it. I kicked out really fast. I was scared. <laughs> I was
0: like, should I just straighten
1: out and go to the beach or should I paddle back out? Did... So did we, so- had, we had 10 days... Ten days in South Africa. So you stopped competing
0: and started following the world tour because Taylor was filming these guys in between their sessions, contests? Sessions, right?
1: In between sessions on the tour. So okay. they had to go to South Africa to do the Gunsen, and then at this time it was Billabong was doing the Billabong Challenge. Did you would you start working out? Because you're like twice the size here now. No, so I started eating Cheez-Its on the regular. <laughs> I thought it was golden. And this is, this is the beginning of my <laughs> Cheez-It
0: infatuation. Did Taylor... How did you know that you started surfing faster and Taylor
1: was going to... Th- that you made it?
0: So Was we were, there ever a moment we where We would watch doing like clips job, every right? day.
1: We'd watch clips every day. And it was focus... That's the turn. It was when we were filming focus that, like, it was just that trip. It was like... We watched footage and I was surfing as fast as some of the guys. Please you know? talk me through this. So I don't know what happened.
0: What?
1: <laughs> I'm going to rewind one more time because...
0: Were you and Kelly out in this section? Because I think he has a turn so similar. No,
1: so this this day right here was just Timmy Curran, Joe Curran, Benji, and Akila. And you can see I stare at Taylor because I was like, what the fuck just happened? With the turn that you do, and I
0: brought it up kind of towards the beginning of this, as it develops, you'll see it's, it's your turn. Would you just hit a lip and go, I'm just going to
1: hit this as hard as I can into oblivion and just hope I land it? So... This is a cheating thing that like Mike Balzer taught me. He's all great. The photo man, just hold on to it long enough for the photo. Like you keep pulling your feet off, you keep doing this. I'd be like, fuck, I'm trying to like do the gnarliest turn I can think of Mike, but like I can't keep my feet on like that long. And he'd just sit there and just like, look, your foot's off, your foot's off. So I just kept trying to like do a turn that looked awesome. And, like, he would always tell you, like, dude, why'd you kick out? You should have hit that section. And meanwhile, it's, like, the chunky, on the sand, like, grossest looking. It looks great on a film. But, like, you're going to break your board. You're going to break your neck. Like, something like that. But for him, it's, like, the best photo ever. So it was, like, just hit it. Hold it. So eventually, like, some of them you'd hold. It would, you know, you'd land in the whitewash. And then the whitewash would, like, pop you back up. Like, accidentally. So, like, that one, in good times, like, You can see I turned partially under the lip and it like swatted me, but somehow it compressed me and I was skinny and flexible. So, like, you could, you were light enough that the whitewash would pick you back up. You maybe had like, rather than like one stomach muscle, you had like a six pack of muscles (laughs) to work with and it would help. But, like,
0: but but I want to show you guys that we have one of your old boards here. Here, grab this thing before I stab you with it. Yeah, it is a stabbing. So, I picked this board up. Right. And there's Mike Nolte. I love you, Mike. <laughs> So this you board... You immediately feel how thin this thing is.
1: Yeah. It's hard to, hard to see it. Here you it's go. Probably Roving one. cam. We're going <laughs> rove. we got We're here. going rove cam. Let's see what we got. So we got... If we look at this, take a little bit... My son rode this. My younger son, Parker, rode this to try it out the other day. And it is...
0: Eighteen and an
1: eighth. Six-three. Wow. Yeah.
0: Are you serious? That's... that's Six-three, two and a sixteenth. It's not
1: two and a
0: sixteenth. But the rails
1: are so pinched, so it's probably two and a sixteenth in the middle, and then the rails taper down to about one, you know, maybe one. But it's got the best elf...
0: You gotta get that rocker.
1: ...scoop rocker ever in there. This board was towards the end of surfing, and I, I just... I kept it uh, it had the Martin Potter airbrush cuz Martin Potter was one of my favorites I think my brother told me I surfed like him one time so he became a favorite um, but I was just getting ready to have my my first son drew and we did a I put on a couple local contests, the Greg Browning winning classic. That's right. And invited all the buddies to come up and, and like sign autographs and hang out. That was out. the
0: first time I met Kelly Slater. Greg ran a local contest at El Porto at Manhattan Beach, South Bay, and Kelly Slater showed up and I couldn't believe it.
1: So we had I had all those guys sign the board for Drew and uh still on there. Thanks, Nolte, And
0: uh Nolte. Yeah.
1: It's awesome. It looks like one of them faded off. A couple of them faded off. But that's what happened. Hopefully not the important
0: ones like uh, Donovan or something. Wait, what? Sorry. (laughs) All right. Now we move into a chapter of Greg's life where tattoos were inked in to a brand called Seventeen. And this movie here, Friday the 17th, is, in my opinion, the biggest surf cult movie of the 90s. Some people don't know it. I do. Tell I us about that 17. That what did, What was 17?
1: <coughs> wow, I almost choked. Have <laughs> them out in do.
0: Dulcie, yeah, <clears> we <throat> need another due. <coughs> can you do them again? Checking, checking do them back. again. We could do a commercial break. You guys want to do commercials? All right. All right again. Greg's on due too. Yeah. So,
1: well, these, got, are, these, are, these are quarter dues, so these They're don't really nice. count. <laughs> I wanted this to the make you feel the real, better about real yourself. Deal. What do you mean? You would have got me big cans, or like a, a 32 ounce or big gulp. At, at
0: the store they only have the massive big bottles of these little guys. It's terrible marketing. I should have
1: given them a huge bottle. I would have drinking it. So Jason Weatherly, <laughs> Jason Jason used to get snicker bars and two liter sodas. And that's what he would get. Like There's a shot of him in one video at Puerto Escondido with a snicker bar and a two liter soda. And it was like, that was Jason. And it's so good. It's
0: so good. Jason was the big dog of the group. So, speaking of Jason Weather, we had Jason
1: Weatherly. We had 17 which was you, Jason and Conan and Taylor Steele and Sean Mundy. Taylor was involved. Taylor was involved. So, Jason was did you drop Quicksilver? I did. So we we all kind of gave up our sponsors at the time to, you know, this is about I think around like so oh, like 90, 95, what was 95? God, you know you're old when you start, like, you doing years of everything. I was nine. <sighs> you were nine, you wrote for 17? Three years. 17 uh, was the first
0: sticker on my board. <laughs> 21,
1: 20, 22, right? So 20 21, 22, and, you know, not making much money surfing, just getting by, having an amazing time, have amazing friends, and Jason said he's gonna start this clothing company, with one of our friends, Sean Mundy, who used to make, he owned a company called Bandwagon, which did the Surfer Suck shirts. You remember those? Yes. Just said, Surfer Suck. Yep. Everybody wore them. Well, the, my funniest, or the, my favorite one, said, no one knows you're gay. And it was like <laughs> microscopic words, so everybody kind of have to go, up, what does your shirt say? Like, what? You know, and at <laughs> that time, like, you know, what is gay? So, it was funny. Uh, but anyways... Uh, He's hooked so up on Mountain Dew for yeah, all of the people out there. DC he didn't mean better it. better than coffee. He didn't mean uh, it. They, they started it, and I was like, what am I going to do? This is going to be over next year. Like, surfing's over in a year, right? Because I'm 22. I'm not a world champion or on the tour. Like, So that was really a definitive age that at 22, your career
0: was probably going to end.
1: It, I mean, there was that's, guys... That's
0: so short. If you, that's the end of a college...
1: Didn't. Right, which kind of makes sense if you think about it. Like, hey, four years to get your degree, four years to try to be at you know a bachelor degree level. In but you're surfing. physically
0: not even at your peak.
1: Not even close. I was done pretty much, and I think a lot of guys were kind of done surfing before they hit their peak. Yeah, you know, especially if you look at guys like Mick Fanning, who are like, like or you know, Mick. Mick just constantly gets better you know what I mean, like, I don't know, he rides waves differently, he understands waves differently, like, that's a guy that is just continually aging better with his surfing, you know, and and yeah, at 22, you're like, okay, it's over, how am I going to make money to, like, the that's next crazy. chapter, and, and Jason and Sean were starting this, and they're like, hey, we're all putting in $5,000, and Taylor was going to do it, and I was like, okay, so, like, I'm ready, I have all the time in the world, I can still surf, I'll live down at the the warehouse we got a warehouse in Sereno Valley it was right next to tons of waves wait wait wait, wait. but you're gonna live down in the warehouse yo I couldn't have the money because I dropped my sponsor so like your clothing sponsor is a big chunk of your money and and uh, at that time when you have no clothing sponsor I think I was I had airtight wetsuits at the time this Japanese company after I left Quicksilver because Quicksilver was everything and uh, so yeah, it was it was airtight wetsuits, and Mirasaki had a little bit of money, and... and uh, did But did you sleep in the warehouse? Yeah, so I had an office, and my job was to... Like, I did sales, I did everything, because I had no skill set, right? But I was super eager to learn, so I dropped but, off cutting, so I picked up cutting, so my... But as best, we go
0: through all this, you're like the most motivated human ever. Like, in all these movies, you filmed, edited you say you had no skill set but you were a very driven focused person to make it this far you already we saw it in the the first movie we watched
1: well like you know those guys like the guys i was trying to hang out with i always put at a certain level so like i wasn't getting the money to necessarily do it the same way that everybody was so had to try to navigate my own way like i want to go to france like Nobody's buying my ticket to France. Were so, you one of
0: the first free surfers, if I can use that word?
1: Well, I I think that maybe I stopped competing at that time and was like because of Mike Balzer and because of that relationship, um, all the people that I'd met through him, you know, the guys at ma- the magazine's Flame and you know everybody that was running things, um, I was able to make enough like photo incentive money to get places. And I worked at the Chart House, you know, from like 16 to 19 um pretty much doing anything and everything except waiting tables because I wasn't quite old enough and uh yeah I just hustled anything I could like you know but I love to film so when I would film it was and you know, Taylor's a good surfer so I'd always be like all right Taylor I surf for like five hours like go surf ride my board he's the same size as me so He would go surf, you know, not all the time. You're you're talking about Taylor Steele. Taylor Steele, yeah. So Taylor
0: Steele would be on the beach filming you. For like five hours. And then you would come in and say, Hey, Taylor, take my board, go for a surf. I'll film Kelly, Rob, Shane.
1: Sure, whoever was out, you know, I, I could push record. I can follow people. Like, I prided myself as much as anybody because you know that if it's your turn to be on the beach and film, and if you miss somebody's wave... Well, they're definitely missing your wave and if they don't do it today they're doing it tomorrow and tomorrow might be the day you got the best wave of your life you know so like you prided yourself and I still do this day as much as I can with you know batteries dying and cards filling up is like you want to get everybody's best wave so it was one of the years in France for focus that Taylor had to go home we were all staying an extra four days the waves had finally gotten good there was an amazing sandbar right there in Haussager so I kept Taylor's camera and tripod, and I'd already been there for you know three and a half weeks, so we didn't get waves the whole time. But I'd already been filming; we had already had fun. So I just told Taylor, I said, "Hey, leave your camera. I'll just film." So there's a lot of stuff in focus. that... You
0: stopped surfing.
1: Yeah, I didn't surf at all, and I filmed because,
0: like, but you were one of the guys that was trying to get sex apart for the section. Yeah, it but didn't I, freak you out.
1: No, because I think at that time, like, I had already. I don't know, I already did better than I thought I was going to do Like as far as like, I started surfing faster, I I had an amazing trip, and uh, it was like a first big breakthrough trip, so like, I don't know, I just thought like, hey, I can help the cause, you know, it's not like I got paid at all to do it, I just did it because Taylor was one of my best friends. So are some of these waves and good times focused, you filmed them? So I have, I think I filmed a few waves in, in... I, I know there's a few in focus a couple in good times good times was more the back end that i helped with so it was good times was the first movie done on a computer of taylor's and it was you know before it was like machine to machine the taylor had bought this uh computer system called radius and and it was like the first non-linear editing machine and i mean what was that what was the year of that one like ninety. Well, Friday the 17th is
0: 97, so that was 96.
1: 96. So 1996, they finally have computers that maybe can handle, like, video. But they could not. Like, there was more drawbacks and drama with that. But is that why one video was made a year? Because it took so long to make them? They would film, like, a year and a half, almost. Because now, you know, Instagram
0: comes out with an edit every day. It was one video. I remember as a kid, we would wait. One video and you're like, yes, Christmas. I oh, need so the yeah, new Taylor yeah. Steeler because there was only one. But like, you know, a lot was forty-five minutes long.
1: A lot of those guys would, would you know, they would. It was only a few trips like that you could go on with Taylor, you know, because those guys were chasing the tour and like, you know, us other guys were trying to like find time when Taylor was home or maybe we could get on a trip and you know it evolved as Taylor kept making videos. It evolved, you know. But uh, so I'm putting Friday the seventeenth in. <laughs> Filmed by, filmed by Taylor and Tom Rulon and I think Pete Santa Maria is in there. Okay, did you want to? I can connect. We had a, it just, it we had a
0: battery fun. change, people. We're back. We lost battery, but then we got our tracking hats on. We're gonna roll Friday the seventeenth. Here we go. Tracking hats. Tracking hats are on. So there's a really <laughs> funny horror parody that begins I think in this. We went down, thing. yeah. There you go. Did we lose it? Your- okay, we'll just twist your
1: there you get go. it in, get it in get it in
0: <laughs> there is
1: sound to this there uh, is sound so Friday the 17th so I don't know if it's Jason or Taylor's idea to do a horror movie but this is where the Weatherleys used to live in San Diego when they first moved to San Diego it was like a mission bay uh, I thought it was like a trailer home It is a trailer home, but this is Jorma Beckstrom, Ari Davis. Jorma was the best surfer in San Diego. That actually got offered at one point to go money to do the QS contest and like really, yeah. Jorma ripped, just so different of surf style. But it seemed like he was the fastest career out of everybody then, because I didn't hear of him after this video. And this is like past his like prime, but he's probably twenty four. So you guys started seventeen the company, it had
0: one of the coolest logos ever. It's a
1: number one in seven. How did but the It's Jason's birthday. So Jason's birthday is on the seventeenth. So okay. it was like that's what we're gonna do. Keep it simple and that was it. We didn't think anything of it, you know. Scott Sorensen, who was the you know, Taylor's cousin, graphic designer for Dragon, made our logo. Um, our other buddy did the trademark, like we were off and running. We did everything right. We had bank accounts, we had credit cards, you know, we, we had a, a, a an office, we were we were doing everything. We were selling a ton of stuff. We were just having like our first big season. We're like, hey, you're making it. You can fill these orders, you can do everything like you're making it. And so you were that's... off to success in year one? No. It's like two years in. Okay. But pretty close. Like Jason has awesome ideas. I think our one of our drawbacks is we just made everything. Like we made jeans the first year. And like, you know, like, there's no money in jeans when you're paying like $50 to make a jean and selling it for $55, you know? There's no money, so. So this is when I actually <clears throat> met you and we just flashed
0: on. And what I want to flash on is look at Greg's left bicep. Yeah. That.
1: So this, even though it looks like it's out of focus on the camera, is it it's just bad out bad of bad. focus yeah. because I'm old and it's smeared. No, you don't have to focus. It's smeared. Like, that's what that is. <laughs> it doesn't matter so, what you want to do. So. Like So, like, as you get older, like, your skin spreads and tattoos fade. It said October of 95. That's when we started 17.
0: And everybody got tattoos.
1: No. No. Everybody was gonna get tattoos. Conan and I got tattoos. But Conan was already a tattoo guy. Like... Did you do it together? Yeah, we did the same day. He got, He got... He got one or two. But he is like the most pain tolerant guy in the world. Like, I literally put an earring through his nose. Like, I stuck a needle in his nose to give him a nose ring one time. He's like, I want to get a nose ring. Like, let's just do it. And I'm like, what do you mean, let's just do it? And he's like, just take this needle and push it through my nose. I'm all, what? And like, I don't know if you ever tried that before, but like. With no, he didn't numb it, no nothing? No, like, we heated the needle up, and I'm like, (laughs) It would have been the greatest video ever. I am just, like, hammering this thing in, and it's not going... Finally, it popped, and his eyes are watering, but he's not crying. He's not, like, moving. Like, he was like a stone, like... And, like, and like, I was sweating.
0: So this is what was going on inside so, the like, 17 he got, factory?
1: So, like, he got... No, we had one of their friends come over, and he gave to Conan a tattoo. He started to give me a tattoo, and I just thought, like, I just heard my mom yelling at me in the back, like... I can't believe you're getting a tattoo. You're so disappointing. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm getting a tattoo. Like, God, what am I doing? Like, you know what? It's, it's, this is it. I'm grown up. This is, this is where life is. No, it's 22, right? Wow, you're 22 here. 22, 95, 23. Like, yeah, we think we're killing it. Like, 22, 23, you don't know what you're doing, you know? It was actually after we finished this, Conan and I rode for Ezekiel together. And then he went and started uh, Ruka with uh, him and Pat Tenori. And super successful. Of
0: course. One of the biggest brands that we have
1: now. Yeah.
0: Well, now we're on to your section. And your arm just got chopped off. And you have a butcher's knife in the middle of your head. So it's ketchup.
1: Looks like a lot of ketchup. Plastic axes. And so this is like everything happened at our office like we had pool table we had ping pong we had you know we were living in there we had parties in there we were shipping clothes out of there it was like a hangout work combo and uh we had editing bay in there you know because taylor would work in there and jeff Motiel who did graphics for him a lot of this is filmed by rulon tom rulon who is like one of the most incredible humans ever is this san diego this is, this is actually Oceanside. <laughs> wow, I always wondered where that was.
0: Hey that was, And that that's was, your thing,
1: you're always like, finish the wave. South Jetty, Oceanside. South Jetty, Oceanside. I don't know if I've ever gotten barreled like that. People in Oceanside probably get barreled all the time, but, like, I never surfed Oceanside when it barreled, and this is, like, backside barrel it was me and Jason and Rulong. Okay, this next wave is very important to me. This one. Floater 360.
0: Yeah, it's I funny. Think he, think. I
1: think you did him the best out of everyone. Shane Magson always says that to me. Uh, you know what? It's like when you did a 360, at one point a regular 360 was the coolest thing in the entire world. Like Shane Horian was doing them to win the OP Pro. And then like you did a 360 in, in an NSSA and you got deducted points. And then Kelly started doing reverses. And if you did a reverse, you'd get 10 points. and then a reverse it was, like was 10. Yeah, and then what if you did this floater, but then did it in a three sixty? So that was a
0: high scoring maneuver.
1: It was just baffling maneuver at the time, you know. I just love how happy you are here. It seems like this must have been. This is J Bay. It's
0: my first trip to J Bay right here. I was a runner. So I wondered on this section. Do you think this is the best that you surfed? Because this for me is my favorite section of you out of all of them. It just seems like yeah. This is this is the change. You
1: can see I have Quicksilver on my board here. And it was, this was the last trip I did with Quicksilver. It was my first time ever going to J Bay. And, uh. Is that yeah, rocky, rocky Point? Uh, it's Porto Escondido, actually. No way. It's just small. Greg sized waves. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this Porto, this too? Is Puerto too? This is Porto, too. This is like a 7 0. This retarded. I think I could've used help with boards and like, brain some of the time. But what about this backside air? Yeah, so I think like, I think if I kept surfing maybe, like, luckily we have the tracking hats on. (laughs) (laughs) Rulon filmed that, that's Pacific Beach, I had booties, I claim that I made it because I had booties on, that's probably me saying, hey look, I have booties on, so I made that air." That was, like, the time of, like, Rat Boy. Like, Rat Boy did the craziest air anybody had ever seen at, the C- at Seymour Lane. Yep. And you're like, what the hell is that? And, oh, he's wearing booties. Like, you take nothing away from those guys, whether they wore booties or didn't wear booties. Like, what Rat Boy and, and, and Barney and those guys were doing in Santa Cruz was, like, it was game-changing around the world. Because there's other places around the world where you had to wear booties. They weren't doing those airs, you know? Like, especially at a wave like Seymour Lane, like, you went left. Like, what is... Like, it's just... There was a lot of cool stuff going on. Were you wearing booties there because you wanted to do airs? I was wearing booties on because it it's cold. Okay. <laughs> but it just so happened that I made the air. So, like... But I don't know. Like, it was... video Video was our generation. Like, we progressed because we had video. You didn't have to go on a trip with, you know, this high-paid budget to shoot film and... They used three waves from the session that you got you know like it was video you could watch everything and you could watch it like right then like we came in we watched it you rewound the tape a million times and until you were out of batteries or you broke the tape like you just watched and like you could get better and you could do that now you know still it's like almost the same thing you know so 17 at this
0: point in time during our discussion is the sickest brand ever you guys have the right people involved you're successful you're vertical financially you've made a movie you had ads in the surf mags you're making the coolest board shorts that look like basketball teams and it's non-existent now
1: yeah we uh we got in some like weird bizarre lawsuit with uh I don't know, one of the bigger corporations, 3M Corporation, owned Seventeen Magazine. And we got a lawsuit, a cease and desist at the time, but it came in like a stack like this, and it went to all of us. Everybody involved got it. You know, whoever was filed in the partnership, which was all of us, you know, it was equal partnership. Five of you. Yeah, so we got, I mean, it got served, I got served papers to every address I had lived at, Pretty much my whole life like my grandma's house my buddy's house like because you everywhere took the
0: name 17.
1: It, it was the way that it said it was delusion so because they didn't make clothes um guys or girls the trademark that they have didn't include men's apparel but they had it for the magazine they had it for like plates and glasses and that kind of stuff and and uh it was just delusion that somebody would go like oh 17 apparel that's 17 magazine so they just did it that way so what did you lose well at the time you know all of our money was tied up in production which was you know making all of the product and so our warehouse was full but we couldn't sell it Um, they just put us at a total standstill so at that time it was like everything's you know you got a half million dollars in the warehouse of stuff I got forty thousand dollars of personal credit card debt to pay for that production because we were still so early on in the the process of the company that we were using our own money because we couldn't get loans yet to fund it. So like, I had about probably about you know thirty five forty grand of credit cards that were being used for orders. Sean, everybody was vested in right just beyond what we had. So when it ended, it was like should we just change the name? But you're so invested, like labels and everything. So we tried to change the name to Cassius, didn't happen. Basically, doors closed. I moved from living under my desk and having the greatest time of my life, you know, on a futon in Sereno Valley to back up to to the South Bay and was uh, actually just baffled like to try to become a professional surfer again and it's like you know wait a second like I've been going into shops saying like hey buy my stuff now it's like hey follow me be a surfer again it just it wasn't computing and I was I was probably as nervous as I'd ever been I think I was making about 1200 bucks a month um, I rented a place back home I ran into Ronnie Maestro, one of the the, the owners of Body Glove at the time. And, and I'd known him my whole life. Uh, he, was, he ran the PSAA and the Bud Tour, like physically was on site running them. And uh, he just said, Greg, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, this happened and I'm home now. And he goes, go in, talk to Scott Daly, we'll get you a job. We're wow. here to help. And I was like, it was like a tear moment of like, Holy shit, like, thank you.
0: I'm gonna be okay.
1: Thank you, yeah, I I was nervous. I mean, I didn't have any responsibilities other than to take care of myself at the time, but like, just to have somebody that like, I knew Ronnie knew me and I knew Ronnie, but like, I never thought that that he would come to like like that aid. Like, I don't, I mean, he lives down the street now, but I have, I don't think he has any idea of the impact that Mm -hmm. he made I mean, I I from that day I was with Body Glove for you know 19 years. I still do work for Body Glove now, just as an independent guy. But I mean, I was 19 years, 20 years, like not including any surf time before. Like I was physically like working as an employee. Like I mean, my kids were raised in there, and uh, yeah, it's it's it was incredible. So I should probably call Ronnie. I think.
0: I think you're saying thanks to me. Thanks, right Ronnie. Now. I've got one more video for you from Greg's chronological professional career. Even though we just talked about how it was the beginning of the new chapter, but we have the show here and a Taylor Steele video. Yeah. This this is so fun. So the show. I love your I love your skit in here, and it goes into one of your
1: quirkiest
0: (laughs) aspects of your life which is star wars you're gonna drop the show in
1: so the show when was this one the show is 1998 so 1998 we're still doing 17 this was full-on 17. this is like the heyday of 17 we filmed all of this in san diego and at 17. there's a lot of shots in our warehouse
0: oh that's where all the blow-ups and stuff were yeah
1: it was in that sereno valley i mean it was us sector nine bandwagon xanadu i mean there was a it was it was awesome stv which was uh the weatherly skate surf music channel skate surf snowboard even at that time
0: now i think your name is on here too so it
1: is so, this Greg, one. Greg's
0: one of 10 guys named on the back of this video.
1: Yeah, t- Taylor talked to me and said, All right, you're in. You know, if you put yourself on the trips and you get the footage, like, it's up to you. And you, uh, you
0: were in for all the, the rest of the videos.
1: I, I was in to, like, like, hey, I want to shoot a skit. Hey, I want to, you know, give you the opportunity. And I was like, I, I just don't think I realized what that meant. Uh, and, I, and I don't think I was, I don't know what the right word is to say, just focused enough to know what that meant. So, you know, I, I, I didn't put 100%, you know, I came up, Scott Sorensen came up with all this stuff. <laughs> and Scott is a Star Wars geek like me. So, like, it's a really weird thing, like, to shoot this thing, this is like, I have an action figure that Scott made of this figure of this character where did you get the outfit so scott made it jack johnson filmed all this stuff uh jack was going to ucsb so we drove up there i was late like an asshole (laughs) um (laughs) why were you late because i suck because i'm selfish i don't know you're the most you're the most unselfish person i know i don't know man it was like hey greg let me just how the stars align for you and then you could blow it and that's kind of what this is you know i've always wondered you find this videotape and then you put this device over it so this what is, is it this device is the top of the canon xl2 broken okay and uh can we do
0: low sound on this
1: yeah you, know, you do low I, sound on. i just it's just I,
0: the music the music might block us if it's music talking No music it's fun Oh really? What, what is on this?
1: Video. Oh, I mean Jack shot this on film. There you go. I love this. The song of. So this Jeff Motil so did good. this tracking. What is this song?
0: We'll play just a Whoa. quick second of it. Condu- We're
1: watching. The turns you here. This, this is in Australia. Kalani, Jason, and Rob, and Taylor, and we found this sandbar. It was so fun. What part of oh, it Oh, and Tom Survey. Oh my Surve. god. Okay. This is. This is the first trip I did with Tom Survey. Man, that guy was awesome.
0: You're, but you're surfing so good here. You're, like, so powerful. Everything seems. Like, you're now this really feels like you've come into your own, and this is about to be the beginning of, like, really peaking and surfing. L- look like at this turn.
1: 23, right?
0: That was ridiculous. That's as good as a cutback gets. Uh, when you went and filmed sections, did you have an idea of what you wanted your section to look like so you would do those maneuvers to try no, to curate your, your section? Oh, yeah, this one's awesome. Where's that?
1: Sam Wave. Holy Here crap. It's like three days of it. It's a sandbar.
0: It's a sandbar. Like, it was crazy. But you didn't think in your mind before you paddled out. You're like, I'm going to do that
1: big old cuddy that I know I can do. No, like I, I, when when I'd go surfing, like, like I said before, like there was just that point, like, hey, it's fast and low. And that's literally all I'd go out, and I'd look at the wave, like, okay, we're going to get barreled, or hey, you could do, you know, maybe do airs, but it was really like fast and low. I mean, I still say it today, even though I can't get as low and I can't go as fast, but I try, and I think that was really it. So I messed up. Like this was kind of the beginning of like I think I was just too. I don't know what it was, man. Hey bro, I, you can, you need a Mountain Dew for this next part. That's what it is. This is the big zone for Greg right here.
0: This is the zone that I wanted to eventually get to because there's one movie and I don't have it here right now, but it's Loose Change, and you notice that Greg's name is now dropped off from being a part of the videos.
1: Yeah. So when Seventeen came to an end. Um, I'd moved back home, I met uh a girl, I'd gotten married and I had my first kid. And twenty six? Uh, twenty four. Twenty-four. Yeah, wow. I got married right at twenty four. I just turned twenty five and then he was born, Drew. True. And uh what an eye opener, you know, like got you know, I remember graduating high school and like having dreams for like two years, like I failed economics, you know, hey, you didn't graduate, you know, that was always the dream. And then you have a kid and it's like, you wake up and like, hey, I didn't, you know, I left him in the car, you know, like something like just so horrific that you were selfish. So like your life changes when you have a kid that's not about you. And and that was like, how do I go? Oh, I guess we're not anymore, No, we don't need anymore, tracking right? anymore. Uh, so now you've lost your sponsor.
0: You got married, and you have a one-year-old. So, but, I, but I, you're working at Body Glove.
1: And I started surfing. So right when I started working at Body Glove, I was like, God, I, I you know. I, they started me helping out with like as a team manager, helping uh, one of the guys that was there. It was James Crash and Scott Daly there, and I was helping them. But James Crash ran it, and it was and it was his job, and it was his thing, and and. He was awesome, so they didn't need anything from me. It was really them, like, throwing me a bone. That's what it felt like. Like, hey, Ronnie said, give Greg a job. So, like, find anything. And I went and worked in the art department with uh, Mark Kawakami at the time and having no art skills. I can't draw, you know, like, you would, I mean, I have chicken scratch writing. I can't draw. Like, that creative side doesn't function in me. So I started, he taught me how to, like, lay out ads, You know so i learned illustrator and photoshop and and uh but nothing nothing for greg to do so i you know sat down with scott Daly and said hey what's the chances of greg trying to be a pro surfer again like getting a little bit of money every month to help out and try to travel and and uh, go film and whatever you know yeah i got a kid coming you know actually drew was maybe one so like i was in and uh he's like well this is how much we can give you and it was like 500 bucks a month. But Ezekiel came in at like 1,000 bucks a month. So I was making 1,500 bucks, paying out probably 1,200 to live. So I had $300 to try to become a professional surfer. Jeez.
0: Um,
1: so I tried, you know, photo incentive deals, Mike Balzer still, and and uh, I tried to make a go out of it. Uh, worked with uh, Chad Campbell, one of my friends from the Big Island. Made um, Fifth Symphony. Made Fifth Symphony, and... and uh, Just tried to help navigate with him to get money to make this movie because Chad is an incredible uh, filmmaker and and just human and, and, uh, you know, it was like, what was I doing? I was doing anything. I was hustling. I was buying diapers and formula and and trying to, like, live, you know, and and be a dad and, and really with no identity, to be honest with you, like, Maybe people knew me of being, like, a pro surfer from the South Bay because there really wasn't anybody here after, you know, the Ted Robinsons and the Chris Frohoffs and Kelly Gibsons and, you know, that... So, it just... But I didn't have an identity. Like, I was lost, man, and, and I had a kid, and I was scared and nervous, and I just kept trying to find something. And... Uh, you know, fast forward a couple years of trying to struggle and do that. And uh, I talked to Taylor. You know, my brother always, you know, my brother's two and a half years older than me and, and got me into surfing and always supported it. And I'd get home from a trip and he'd always say, like, how was the trip? And I'd be like, oh, we scored waves. And he'd be like, dude, I know you got waves, but what else did you do? Was there girls? Did you guys go party? Did Was there like... What else did you see? Did you see animals in South Africa? Did you go on safari? And I'd be like, wow. Like, yeah, we did all that. It was awesome, you know, but like I don't have any pictures of it. So I didn't have an Apple iPhone or I didn't have a camera to shoot all that stuff. So I told Taylor, I said, hey, why don't we make make a video where it's just we film everything. And, uh, you know, Molloy's had started making, you know, movies. Jack was making movies. it seemed like the most logical thing for me, because I loved filming, I loved editing. Skill set, not the greatest, right? I mean, so I just started trying to buy stuff. I bought a little underwater camera and the housing. And So have you walked
0: away from Taylor Steele as a professional surfer indefinitely now?
1: Yeah, loose change. I went one trip to Puerto Escondido. I was up here. I. It wasn't that I walked away I just I couldn't I couldn't afford that that dream and and honestly I I kind of I felt like I disconnected myself a lot hmm. um, with that group or as a professional surfer I think that was probably the dilemma is is like it was it was both it was like you're you you know what are you as a professional surfer? when you're not doing a contest and you're not you can't say I'm 32 I'm or I'm one Like, what are you you know and it's like the magazines you could get a a shot in a magazine but like honestly like if you just got the best wave that day you could get a shot in the magazine you might not have got the $400 photo incentive for it but like you got the shot but your lifestyle
0: at that point was that you were only as good as your next move because you're not on a tour so you don't have a schedule Right. yeah you're only as good as well, what am I gonna do next
1: yeah and i and I wasn't you know Taylor had kind of done a little he didn't do it like a hiatus, but there was a little gap in stuff, um everybody was on, you know, Kelly was like like at that point hunting world titles, you know it was game on, um the guys that were staying on were staying on because they were fighting to stay on, you know it was at that time Ross was you know just gotten hurt. Uh, with his ankle, he had a tor- terrible ankle thing that, that really kind of shortened his, you know, competitive surfing, I would say. And just, guys were staying on, guys were falling off, and it just, it was like a separation, you know? Like, our time was that chunk of focus and good times, and and, and then, you know, the show, I just, I don't know. Maybe that was like a letdown or something. If I felt let somebody down, and What's... I don't know. It was it was it was tough. It's so weird. To, it's actually weird to talk about because I don't know what it was other than just like you go into survival mode. You mm-hmm. know, like what do you know how to do?
0: That's I'm so I'm here right
1: now doing this with you. Yeah, I'm in the same
0: exact place, but at 33, so I can relate to everything you're saying. What was your relationship like with the family at that point? You have a wife. Kid. Yeah, I had a
1: wife and a kid, and and uh, and you're moving so, into wanting to create your own. Well, project. I just I told Taylor, I said, hey, look, what do you think about this? And you know, MTV had just done uh it wasn't Road Rules, it was their their other one that they did at the time where people lived in a house together, you know, and so reality TV was beginning, and I was like, it's why Big don't? Brother? No, it wasn't Big Brother. It was. Uh, God, it's one of those things that, like, everybody knows is watching this. You can just chime in and tell me. Um, (laughs) In the comments below. comments below, type (laughs) it in. Swipe down, out. Swipe left, left, swipe left, (laughs) swipe right. You can get a Mountain Um, Dew
0: if you swipe just perfectly right. I should drink a Mountain Dew. Have some more Dew, bro. So,
1: what was it? What it was, was told Taylor, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we film everything? Talk to the cameras, like, let's bring, like... The characters, you know, like you know when you go on a trip with Donovan, like, it's the most entertaining trip of your life. You go on a trip with Benji and it is it's it doesn't matter what surf's like. It's almost better if there's no surf with those guys because it's nonstop. So Taylor and I are talking, we're like, all right, so who, who would it be? What would you do? And we're like, we have no money to do this, so let's keep it let's keep it simple. Like, let's get an RV and we'll go, you know, we'll do all of California and we'll do it in a month. You know and you're thinking like month no big deal right the month in a motorhome straight is like gnarly and when you're asking people like he's like we'll call people who you, you know we wrote lists down of all these guys that would be awesome and awesome together you know and it was like you know it was Donovan and, and Barney I never hung out with Barney you know I only knew Barney because what you saw in the parts of Barney and going up to Santa Cruz and just he was a character and I was like how we we just thought like how amazing this would be and I called everybody. Yeah. yeah, nobody wanted to spend a month in a motorhome. Who, who so responded? <laughs> it, it was pretty much nobody, and then ta- I, I told Taylor you know, in one of our talks, he's like, so what's happening? And I was like, you know, the, Donovan's in, right? Maybe the person that most people would think least to say that when they're he, in.
0: Uh, yeah, I can believe that.
1: Donovan, Donovan's whole career, like Donovan was the best surfer at 15, like in all of California, in all of the United States. Donovan was the best guy. Like hands down, he won men's, juniors, everything. Uh, Coolest style, unique, individual from like in and out of the water. Um, So I think he just didn't phase on it. We're going to do something different. I get to be part of doing something different. Do you fucking sign me up? And, And like, it was a no brainer. And then it was like, okay, who else? How can we get it? How can we get a group that like makes sense? To I was like, well, you can be one of the guys, you know, and film and help do it. And I was like, okay, like awesome, like maybe a little resurgence of Greg or whatever. But like, I knew that like I had to organize everything. I had to keep the bus moving. I did all the water. I did land mm-hmm. stuff along with Dave MG and acted as one and, of the and served. And yeah. yeah,
0: that's crazy.
1: And so I had Donovan and me, and then I was like, Taylor, like we need help. And then Taylor's like, all right, so next on the list is Barney. So he called Barney, and Barney's like, yeah, I'm in. Come pick me up. (laughs) And so, like, cool, we got Barney. And then he's like, you know, who else? And then it was like, well, what about Kalani? Kalani was on the tour. What about Benji? Benji was, you know, chasing around the tour. Um, Timmy had just stopped, and he's like, well, dude, Timmy, like, there's nobody doing bigger airs, Curran, can surf everywhere, lives in California, so he's not too far off the home. Um, you know, and we'd reach out to everybody, but Timmy signed up, Barney, Donovan, and me, and we rented a motorhome and really started in Santa Cruz, worked our way up to, to, like, Crescent City, and then drove all the way down over a month. And I had a almost, I well, he was, Drew was, you know, almost two, maybe two and a half, uh, He's in the video at the end, like like Drew is in the credits, you know, as a little this so little demon. Your wife, did Jamie look after what?
0: Yeah, she was gone for thirty days.
1: Yeah, she she watched him. He, she was he was with her and and you know her mom and my mom and and uh, yeah, it was a big undertaking. And like honestly, like we were trying to come up with names. I think my brother came up with the name the drive through, you know. And then Donovan's like drive it. We're just driving through, and then like he's making songs and like we bought this keyboard and then he started making a contest and like that's my favorite part this is this is the premiere edition yeah you, you got to explain to people what this is okay so at this time you know DVD, I'm, I'm holding a vhs for
0: those of you that aren't watching it says drive-through premiere edition drive-through
1: premiere so that was played at la paloma for our, our premiere in san diego which is like where errol taylor's movies are played it was played in hermosa at the the Hermosa Pier Avenue School, which is where we play all of our surf movies and
0: so you guys use this exact VHS this for it. all the premieres that I would go and sit and watch and scream at this is it I have no idea how I still have this, but it probably should just it's in a it rant. Somewhere. I don't even know what this is on which it, that's oh tracking, tracking hats tracking
1: hats there's some tracking we' code. got some <laughs>
0: tracking issues hang
1: on ah. <sighs> Nobody knew what to do with this movie. Everybody came to the premiere. Uh, it was hilarious. We figured after this, this 30 days that, hey, we could do it in two weeks, and we'd be fine.
0: And is that where you moved into? Because drive Through became yeah, one was, of the most successful
1: surf series ever. Yeah, it was like, you know, we did it. We figured, like, okay, 14 days. Hey, Greg, you're not a pro surfer. You know, why don't you work on just filming and organizing so that was my choice taylor gave me the choice and i thought it would be better to get rob in there or benji in there than have me in there you know and uh, so how
0: did you get the guys who all said no to finally say yes half the time look at how young donovan is here still got the best mustache (laughs) look
1: at how trash that motorhome was i love this dude So this this day in Ocean Ocean uh, Beach was where, like, we pulled over, we surfed, the awning almost blew off, we all broke our fingers, and then we parked at night, and then there was a full Asian gang fight hitting into our <laughs> motorhome with nunchucks and stuff. Like, what? We called the cops. Like, nobody had cell phones really at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think about it, but like. I think I had a cell phone that was like $500 Wait, so did you
0: guys actually sleep in the motorhome the whole time?
1: Yeah, we did. Like,
0: we didn't rent a hotel. We didn't do anything. I that guess trip, because Greg was nice enough to invite me to New Zealand, and we, every once in a while I was broken up by a couple hotel stints, and it was yeah. only
1: two weeks, and that was a gnarly trip. Yeah. So this was twice as long. Twice never, as long. With and one motorhome. Yeah, and, and one motorhome. And, and the thing is, like, you just don't realize, you know, doing these things, is like, when you go on a surf trip... Like, you surf when it's good. Like, a drive-thru, like, we surf all day. this Yeah. Oh, dude, my, don't you? My do finger you... gets, like, almost ripped off right here because of the wind. Are you in your jeans in a rainstorm? Yeah, well, it was, like, dead wind and, like, light sprinkles. And then here's where...
0: Are all the beeps people yelling uh, cuss words?
1: <laughs> yeah, the beeps <laughs> are cuss words. <laughs> some of my favorite things in a drive through was when in, in New Zealand you were there with Benji or Donovan and Pat oh there goes your finger no that's Donovan's finger oh Mine's he, next. he's just everybody's just cussing <laughs> he's losing it
0: <laughs>
1: this is everything that my brother wanted us to film when he loses it it's the best you never see it coming there's where mine went <laughs> And now you're over it.
0: <laughs> He's laughing at you, Stanley. Yeah, him. well, you know
1: when your friend gets hurt, you always gotta laugh.
0: Oh, I love seeing this.
1: Like <laughs> <laughs> this bottle of vodka. <laughs> it's funny watching all these videos and like, I mean, you sit there and watch, and you're just. like laughing
0: barney's dog it's in me wanting to do this like i so just wanted to be a part of you watching your life and your accomplishments which you have on tv but the crazy part of this part of your story is now you're the producer and creator
1: yeah so i i I don't think that like honestly like we did did the drive throughs to like do something in surf and like show people like how ridiculously awesome these guys are and how fun what a real surf trip is. Like it's not just the day you scored, it was like the crappy days. The crappy days are the f- funniest days. So This San Clemente Pier. Like, when's the last time any of these guys have surfed San Clemente Pier? You know, never. And it's awesome. It's why this. This is
0: what you did is you crossed the boundary barrier, however you want to put it, between untouchable pro surfers and how everyone can relate to them because they're just humans.
1: Yeah, I mean, these guys are. These guys do the same thing as everybody else. They're. I mean, Donovan and Benji are probably the only two funny guys that can hang out together. Because, you know, one funny guy, and then you can't have another one. It's just not how it works.
0: Well, you also put it good, too, it's it's alpha males hanging out.
1: Yeah, sense. but it's hard to get two alphas. Yeah. Like, you can't. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, somebody's going to over-peacock the other guy. You know? So <laughs> yeah. it's like...
0: This is the guy with the tracking hats on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because mine
1: mine's <laughs> fell apart. No, that's good. It helped. You see? I yeah, had I a wrong earlier. It looks good. But, yeah, like, I mean, this one just... Everybody was like, I mean, we didn't score waves. We didn't do anything, but I think it was just relatable. And then we got to do another one. And and, uh, then Rob went, you know, and Benji went. And then it was like, it was fun and it was fun. This was ridiculous. This is what I wanted to watch. Please walk me through this. Okay, so, you know, we're 20, day 28 right here, pretty much. And we had this keyboard that Donovan found and the waves were terrible and we were all over surfing but it was a left and we hadn't got many left so Rob showed up for a couple days while we were in San Diego to surf with us so him him and Timmy just went out and had like a a surf session so Donovan's like, hey, film this, film this, film this so I held the mic, that's all I'm really doing there and he came (laughs) up with this whole like competition thing Somehow Taylor talked to Hanson's energy, which is, makes monster energy, right? Oh, this isn't a joke? I thought this was a joke. No, like he talked to them and said, Hey, we can do this thing with you guys. Yeah, you mean like
0: Mountain Dew with my podcast? Like Mountain Dew. Yeah. Like Mountain
1: Dew, like you come up with something funny and maybe they buy it, you know?
0: I had no idea that was real. I thought that it made it even oh, funnier
1: to me. So the guy that Taylor knew at Hanson's was like, This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. They were awesome. I can't remember who it was, but they were so into it. And like, it just was ridiculously funny. I think this is when the world realized how funny Donovan is. We didn't know him yet. Donovan is the funniest guy. So Donovan and Brad Gerlach hung out at the time, and it was like game-changing humor. But you can tell, I like, <laughs> am so, so
0: bad. Barney. The most random, best comments ever.
1: I loved Sean Barney Baron's humor, was so there's, good. There's a line in the, the drive-through Japan that he says that he opens I lost the, my
0: shoe, the Van shoes. Yeah, he opens the sliding yeah. door,
1: there's two Japanese girls, and what he says is, I got Vans shoes. And you're like, why did you say that? They didn't understand what you said. <laughs> and then he closed the door, and done. I'm going right there. How
0: about what do you think?
1: Look at him dance, like, he is so funny. His glasses, his hat. You don't even exist. I'm not here. You're not there. Elba. <laughs> <laughs> but this, like, this isn't edited. The only thing we did is we literally like you stacked him the whole time and put over the surf clip. Put, put over the surf clip like. It's non-stop, just humor. This is this might be my favorite
0: moment in all of drive through history. It's so good.
1: Yeah, it could have been an eight. <laughs> I don't know. Donovan was probably the first free surfer, right? Like, where it was like he stopped competing early and he just became the man. Yeah. You know? So I'm going to pull the elephant
0: out of the room because I remember at this point when I knew you, you were basically editing all night long because you became a single parent yeah and now making was it drive through one no so we
1: had we had linked up with fuel tv um okay so you're in a f- season four yeah we, we just finished our our third our third through, which was australia the first time i think and we had hooked up with with uh the croc hunter and Everybody was, was, so everybody was just baffled, like, how did you get Steve Irwin in, you know? And I was like, literally, I called the Australia Zoo on the phone and said, hey, my name is Greg Browning. I'm with Rob Machado and some other surfers, and they wanted to come hang out with Steve. And the, the lady owns, I mean, it's his family's zoo. I had no idea. And, and she just said, well, let me, let me call you back, see, see if I can get a hold of Steve. He calls back the croc hunter like two hours later again on a cell phone that is like a flip phone and you know that doesn't really work and i'm like there's no way this is him on the phone somebody's fucking with me he had
0: to say hey hey, it's steve yeah and
1: was like come in tomorrow and we're like what so we went and we had dean morrison came with us and we literally went and it was like you've never met a more real human in your life you're like wow it's not just tv it's like this guy's in and he was so just he's such a surf fan or was such a surf fan and then like the end of the day he's like all right guys what are you taking home and it's like their little souvenir shop and he's like putting shirts on everybody and croc hunter outfits and like you guys all good like are we surfing tomorrow like he was so in but he had to do something i mean it was it was the most wild experience and then you know, uh, Blue Torch stopped and Fuel was created, and C.J. Olivares just kind of saw that and knew Taylor. and like 54321 Blue Torch? Yeah, and it was just like...
0: With Leanne. Remember Leanne? Leanne? Jane Dorian's old girlfriend. Jane, she was hot. Yeah, she still does stuff <laughs> I right gave her right my now. phone number on their TV show. She never called me back. That makes sense. That makes sense. I was like 13. I, I just...
1: I think you gave a lot of girls your number at 13. Yeah. I don't think you knew what that meant, though, at 13.
0: No, I would have been too scared anyways. So b- I didn't have bouncing, my tracking hat. Bouncing on top of bouncing houses. I put my tracking hat on in your fire truck room that you used to let me come into. When yeah. I started to understand yeah. what that meant. Fire <laughs> truck. Fire truck. Well, bird. when Greg when Greg moves into the story coming up of being a single parent, this house turned into him, you, your brother, and your best friend. Yeah. And for me personally, it wasn't for you. It was the best time of my life because I came here and it was like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, cuz you our were so young. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is epic." Yeah,
0: I had but, but uh, for you that had that's well, I was, you amazing, know, was, I was the biggest change in your life.
1: I was at that point working working more with Body Glove again, uh working on the drive-thrus with Fuel. They didn't know what the drive-thru was going to be. So I think our first season was like 6 or 7 episodes. There wasn't that much money that they were putting out, but it was enough to pay for the trip and go and uh And we went and it was awesome I mean that was one of the first ones that was the first one that Taylor went on he never went on the other three you know it was just me doing it and he would help kind of make sure that I was checking all the boxes along the way and and uh, that was the first one we did together and and uh, we made seven half-hour TV shows for fuel and at that time I was you know we were doing all the editing in San Diego so I would wake up in in the morning, get my kids breakfast, take them to school, and then go into work at Body Glove, pick them up from school at like 3, do homework, get food, and then put them to bed around 9. And then my brother was home at the house, and my my friend Jack, and then I would drive to San Diego, go down, edit from like, you know, I'd get down there at like 11, work till like 4 in the morning, drive back home, um, wake up take the kids you know wake the kids up get breakfast and and you know their mom had them half the time and i had them half the time and that was like it for like god it seemed like like a 10-year period of that which is where i think mountain dew became my friend cheers and uh yeah. great yeah. sponsor thanks yeah. mountain dew so uh
0: so you also contracted pneumonia because what people don't realize is greg was you were doing everything you could for this drive through series like what he yeah. just told you all is real. Yeah. And that wasn't like one day out of the week. I remember multiple times we'd go to shoot and and you're like, hey, the waves are good. And I'm like, you're at the beach. You're like, yeah, I just got, I haven't slept. I, I just finished editing.
1: Yeah. That's and why I have bags under <laughs> my eyes that are like permanently here. It probably happens at 45, but like. But now we can hear you before we see you. You
0: have a permanent cough that I know if Greg's around. I could hear you from like 300 yards away. I'm like, oh, Greg's coming. <laughs> dude, I don't know if I've coughed that much on this no, you no, 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 it's good. <clears throat> That's it right
1: there, if you wonder what
0: it sounds like. I, I think for me, getting to watch you and have you be my mentor, and really the only reason I became a professional surfer at 12, you were the first pro surfer I ever met. You came over my birthday, gave us on-emission bags and grip pads, and we were all like, Greg Brown, and you just got... It was like very close to... We had this cover. We were like, we know this guy on Surfer Magazine. And you came over... And we're normal. You're like the nicest dude ever. And I was like, I want to be Greg Browning.
1: Yeah, Just like you funny. put
0: you know, pots, airbrushes. I was like, that's what I want to do. And if it wasn't for you and your attitude, we, I didn't know what professional surfing was, but I just knew you were cool. And I think you've influenced so many people's life further than your ability that it's fun for me to sit here and go like, God, dude, remember how hard you ripped? Like you, you've done it all. And, and But I've always been in the bigger perch. You, you came in and filmed those guys. You didn't have to do that. You know, you went on the drive-thru. You were the server, but you filmed them all, and then you left, and then you pumped them all. Like, it just seems like you were always not about yourself and really always thinking of other people.
1: I think it was just, there's, there's always, always that, that fear of, like, responsibility and, like, you know, like, are you going to do it? And especially when I had kids, it was like, hey, you got to do it. It's on you, like what how are you gonna do this, and like you know, trying to follow your like passion, you know, like I wanted to be a pro surfer, like I did, and, and wholeheartedly wanted to and and made every effort um that I could, but like through that i I made friendships i I found like a passion to film and and edit and, and a way to stay in surfing like I have as much fun filming surfing and and watching surfing with good surfers as I do surfing now you know and 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 I, I, I didn't plan to do that I mean I, I didn't go to school to, to learn how to to be a filmer I just did it out of necessity because I wanted to watch myself surf and um, I got into it luckily because you know the the need for content I mean even right now it's greater than ever so like you know a guy like me can Work and make a living to support a couple kids by just, you know, going out there and trying to tell stories and and do it and and I don't know. I've kind of lived like based off of karma, like you know, just try to try to do your best and and be your best and and hopefully it'll work out, you know. And what would you tell 24-year-old Greg who was lost in life now?
0: Should I stop this before it gets to zero percent?
1: Yeah. Let's stop. We'll do a restart. I'll tell you that answer after this break from Mountain Dew. We're going to the Dew break. Woo! We're back. He's yeah. without his hat,
0: but oh, it's sorry. fine. No, there you. Come yeah. back.
1: No, no. Actually, I like his hat because it makes my my hairline differently. Like yep. it matches yours now. Like it's right here instead of like right <laughs> here.
0: Okay, we got it, my final question, which I, we're going sentimental internal. And uh, I want Greg now to look back at the 24, 25-year-old Greg and tell him, uh, you know, what you probably wish you could have heard.
1: Okay, so I, I think, like... I, I, so with surfing, it was like, go fast, stay low, right? That's just the simple thing. Like, just simplify what you, what your brain is trying to do to you, right? You know, like, the less you think surfing... The, the better you surf, So, like, I think that applies to other parts of life. Like, relax, you know, what, what's what's meant to be. My mom always says, like, everything happens for a reason, and you can go through it all and, like, hey, you know, I should have put more time in, you know, focusing on my part for the show. Well, something steered me to, like, not doing that and end up having my my first son and then my second son and then you know meeting the you know getting that job at body glove and working with mark kakami to learn photoshop and illustrator and meeting all these different people and doing 17 and like going to the east coast and going to japan and going into cut and sew places and understanding just a next phase of life like slow down like relax a little bit like i know you're scared but so is everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even still today, like it's like, yeah, that check's supposed to be there. I gotta pay rent next week. And it's like, it will come, settle down. It will come, like it will come. And then sure enough, like on the, you know, that final hour, it shows up. And you're like, dang, I just stressed out. I lost hair. Like I don't have a lot of hair left (laughs) to lose. So you're like, why did I stress out? And why did I do that? And why did I ruin? That moment like I could have enjoyed hanging out with you but instead I freaked out about this and now I ruined it and, and then you just it is the gnarliest spiral so I would just tell myself like relax like keep keep moving forward wake up every day and just get out there help somebody else out pass on anything you know like to me the the greatest thing about I think my journey has been everybody that I've gotten to meet along the way like surfing is still relevant to me because I had you <laughs> I had you know Carissa and I had the Dusty Paines. I had the, you know all of these guys that were generations after me you know the guys on the drive-thru Yaden, Rye, Craig, uh, Bruce, Andy like I've been a part of like the coolest moments in the sport that I loved and wanted so much to be a part of, just in a different way, and it all just happened because I kept trying. So, like, try, You'd be positive, you know. Try. Something
0: you always told me is that it never—it never ends until you
1: make it end. Yeah, right. What is that advice? Who told you? That? You did <laughs> every day. Yeah, I. I uh, you know, you think,
0: it's just, it, it's it just, sums up what you just said. As long as you keep trying and putting effort into something, you can go as long as you want.
1: Yeah, and you can do whatever you want. Like, how, how did I make the drive-thrus? Like, everybody goes on surf trips. Like, was, it, was I have the brainiac idea? No. I didn't. I literally just, hey, let's try it. See what happens. It was, it was terrible. Like, if you watch the drive-thru, it's terrible. It is just random, random, random. But, like, it's the journey. It was fun. It was funny. It had great people. It was, like, it's insane. It, you just never would put yourself there, you know? And, and uh, yeah, crazy.
0: All right. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. We're going to end it for something I wasn't even prepared for. But Nolte wants it. Actually, <laughs> Nolte Nolte's wants roommate it. wants it. Nolte's friend wants it, Devin. Devin, this is for you. It's called Speed Round. I got to come up with some just quick random questions. Uh, First question: Who was your favorite surfer in that group?
1: In the momentum momentum group, group? the style-wise, Ross. Uh, Guy to hang out with, uh, Benji. Who'd you get along with least? I don't think I did. I I don't think I had that that uh, least deal. It's awesome. Uh, the biggest, the worst moment of it all was probably me and Jason in France on that first trip. Yeah, uh, because it was both of our first trips and, and, uh, trip went too long. The trip just went too <laughs> yeah, long, you I mean, know? It happens. That's what happens. Favorite... I have an annoying voice, dude. I get it. I, I get think... it, Jason. I love you. Yes. And see,
0: it's still real.
1: <laughs> uh, favorite drive-thru. Oh, wow. Favorite drive-thru. I would say the favorite drive through was South Africa, um, met some just awesome people that helped us, uh, Aunt Schulte who was just, I just saw him last year for the first time since drive through and like is awesome and Martin Potter was there and uh, we got perfect waves and we all got to surf perfect J-Bay, like that was one of the things on that drive through were we finally had a moment where the filmers could catch a couple waves. So, oh, like, and you
0: got the wave of the day.
1: I got fun waves. Taylor got fun waves. Bouchane got fun waves. You got the wave of the day. Like, that was, that was it. And and we worked with uh, Davey Wydetz in San Diego, who did all the artwork and the graphics. And like, it just was fun. It, the, from start to finish, was fun. Uh, but he, this, this kid from San Diego, Ian, that, that did all the, the behind the scenes. Like We just had a good time. It's fun. Fun. non thought Favorite dinner from mom? Favorite mom dinner. It's actually not really dinner. It's, she makes the best tuna salad ever. That's cold. I love cold tuna salad.
0: <laughs> Favorite session with your son, Parker?
1: You know what? So, my oldest son, Drew, surfs, but not that often. More, like, he's getting into it now at 20... Um my youngest didn't want to surf Parker who now surfs more than anybody I know and my favorite I don't really have like a favorite surf but this moment where it was actually his stepdad took him to the beach told him you can only bring your surfboard and I got a phone call from him that night saying dad I surfed all day and at that time all he had done was bodyboard he never surfed so I got a call that his first surf session was with his stepdad not me and it was like this moment of like listen to how stoked he is Like it wasn't about me it was just he found it on his own you know like and at that point when you find something on your own and aren't forced into it is when it really becomes part of you and that was it so I actually heard it over the phone Matt took us took me surfing I surfed all day dad I caught waves and you could hear Matt in the background like you know, laughing a little bit because he obviously saw the waves that he was catching and, you know, Drew surfed and I was just like, I was like in tears on the phone just so happy that, that he found surfing because surfing is surfing's your savior I mean, it is, I cannot imagine, you know, even though I'm a, say I'm afraid of when the waves get big, like I can't imagine a, a day without thinking about surfing, whether I'm in it or not, just thinking about it is is everything. So like that was that moment where you're like, oh, it's a good one. That's awesome. Yeah. And then it was like the first custom board. And it just it stacks of greatness all over again, you know? So that's probably my favorite Parker story. Favorite Mountain Dew moment? <sighs> Driving home. <laughs> and not crashing.
0: Mountain Dew. Do. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Greg Browning, for having us in your house. That was awesome. Thanks for
1: going through my story, buddy, making me feel like I'm something.
0: You are the man. I hope that you had fun doing this. I had fun. We all love your video parts. I hope you guys liked it. This will be on YouTube somewhere. YouTube. Do it, guys. Do it with do. Do the do. (laughs)
1: And the hat. (laughs)